Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Have you ever thought, gosh, I'd love to start my own radio or podcast, but I have no idea how to do it? Or are you a seasoned veteran who wants to level up and improve all aspects of your show? Well, I will be working with a select few to help you either start or polish your show. These are a few topics I will teach you. How to create your brand and how to be specific with your niche and your audience. The types of equipment you should use to help you improve the quality of your audio and your video. I'll teach you how to get your show aired on most podcasting platforms, as well as give you an option to create a video podcast. I'll teach you which recording platforms are best for your needs, as well as teach you the importance of having a show clock. The do's and don'ts of writing your own show notes that will help increase the reach of your audience and generate traffic to your website. I'll also introduce you to some of my contacts and previous guests. I'll also be offering a select few the opportunity to broadcast your show on my platform and have access to my three and a half million listeners. So if you're ready to start or level up your show, then visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James and sign up today. It's time, my friend, for you to stand out and share your message with the world. Once again, visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James to get started today. My guest today is Lillian So, who is an author, fitness professional, yoga therapist, life coach, and a facilitator of transformation. She is an expert in psychological safety, group facilitation, and compassionate communication. She is the founder of SoFit San Francisco Incorporated and the So Method. She is also a passionate community builder and entrepreneur. In today's episode, we talk about her book, So Empowered, Discover the Five Layers of the Body to Take Control of Your Life. Welcome to Lifeology. Thank you so much for having me. I am really looking forward to it. That was a lot of me, a lot of things for me to read. It's like, what, what don't you do? <laughs> I know. <laughs> to be honest, no, I'm no, I get that. And honestly, like, uh, whenever people ask me what I do, it's like my least favorite question. People are like, oh, so what do you do? And I'm like, oh Trust no, me. not this question, because <laughs> it's very, very hard to just kind of. Ins- I've that tried for years. Trust me. So, anyways, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I get that question. I get that question a lot as well. I always tell people, I am in the health and wellness space. And that's it. They're like, oh, well, tell me more. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. I'm like, everybody does that. <laughs> so that's the best part. <laughs> totally. Especially now, now that you're in Miami. I know. Oh, exactly. exactly. Now, the person with whom I'm speaking is not the person that was in your adolescent years. You went through a lot of, I don't want to say body shaming, but a lot of awareness of you may have been different from other people that, or that were around you. Walk me through that. How was that for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a daughter of Korean immigrant parents. I was born and raised in Chicago. And, you know, 
growing up from extended family members, not so much my parents, but extended family members at a very, very young age would always make a lot of comments about my parents, right? Like, oh my God, she's so big. Why is she so big? And it wasn't even so much about like me being overweight per se. It started out with, with being like, oh my God, why is she so big? Why is she so much taller than everyone else? Why is she so big? And then it turned into, oh my God, she's so overweight. Like this, this can't be right. And I think part of that was that I was... I was literally just taller and, you know, I was like probably on the 90th percentile of a lot of things growing up as a kid. And then that eventually plateaued out. You know, it's not like I ended up being like an eight foot giant, like I'm only five, six now, (laughs) but I think I, you know, peaked out really early because it started so early. So anyways, so there was just always a lot of criticism and a lot of side eye contact, uh, you know, a lot of Mm -hmm. side eye comments and things like this about, you know, oh my goodness, you know, is she all right? Like, what is she eating? What are you feeding her? Do you really think she needs that extra bowl of rice? Do you really think she should be eating? So there was just a lot of nitpicking going on at a very young age. And so by the time I was like nine, 10, I was already very self-conscious about my appearance. I was already very, very keen on what everyone else looked like versus what I looked Mm -hmm. like. And, you know, that took a lot of real estate in my mental space at a very young age, you know, like right into my adolescence. So, so yeah, so I found myself, you know, always like noticing like, oh, am I bigger than her? Am I smaller than her? Is she smaller than me? And especially being Asian American, especially being Asian, being Korean, you know, we're known to be very, very petite, you know, Korean girls can be very, very skinny, but also at the same time, we're all, we're made of all shapes and sizes, right? But I think yeah, of course. there's some pretty hardcore, there's some pretty hardcore beauty standards, uh, especially in the Korean yeah. culture. I mean, we are also like the capital of like plastic surgery and K-pop and K-beauty and all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So, you know, vanity runs very, very deep, which is cool. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it at all, but... It definitely, you know, was very, very, uh, a huge part of my upbringing was a lot of comments about my parents. Mm. And that was really what eventually led me down at a very early age, you know, the rabbit hole of dieting and nutrition and Mm -hmm. fitness and things like that, because I was like, okay, I guess there's something wrong with me. I better lose weight. I better do Mm -hmm. something about this. And so my interest in fitness and my interest in just, I guess, you know, fixing myself started at a very early Mm -hmm. age, you know, and it was for you know, at that time it was for insecurity reasons and things like that versus, mm-hmm. you know, today where it's all about, you know, let's yeah. empower ourselves, let's feel good in our bodies. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> when you look back on those photos of you when you were a little girl, were you overweight? Because really. you knew there's a disconnect. Honestly? Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I was ever like actually that overweight. There's literally maybe two or three pictures where there was a phase, you know, like we all could be like, let's just be real. I feel like everybody goes through an ugly phase, right? Everybody just goes through a phase where it's just like, oh, that was awkward. Your teeth were coming in sideways. And what was going on with that bowl cut? Everyone's got that. And it's cute. Like looking back, it's actually adorable, right? It's like, oh my goodness, Lord. Wow. Like you really, you really transcended that, you know? But I have like a couple pictures where it's like, oh oh, yeah, uh, for sure. But yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I actually, I, you know, I can relate with you as well. Because when I was reading uh, your pitch that that um, was sent to me, I was like, I can relate with this because I was a chubby boy. Well, I was set up, I was told I was chubby. And, you know, I look back, I just had a lot of baby fat and I wasn't like big, big. But, but for me, Lily, it was so crazy because I graduated high school over that summer between, between that and college, 
literally everything just melted off. And I was like, I went to university and all these people were talking to me and I was like, what is going on? I'm like, what? I mean, all these people that I thought were like the cool people were like, couldn't, you know, were so interested. Like, who are you? I'm like, who am I? I mean, I went to school with you. I was just so crazy. And, uh, but I learned that, you know, it's, it's all about how the world sees you, but how do you see yourself? And so for myself, I was like, I haven't changed. I'm still the same yep. boy that I always was. And so for me, and I'm sure just like you as well, you use that because when there's vanity or what, 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 there's a time and place for everything. But when people have this perception, this is my identity, how I look to the world, when that changes, then what? So for you and I had the wonderful opportunity of not necessarily having that when it came to, we weren't the quote, pretty people when we were little, but all of a sudden that created our identity to say, regardless of what happens, this is who I am. The core and the ethics and the ethos of who I am is what drives me. And that's the foundation. And then from there, we built on a platform to become other things in our life. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, James, that is so funny. That story about how everything <laughs> melted off because you just reminded me, you just reminded me that my parents, because my parents weren't really in on that, right? It was always the extended family. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I always, yeah. I would always remember my mom telling anecdotal stories about, well, so-and-so, as soon as they got to high school, as soon as they got to college, it's just baby fat. It's just baby fat. And so I actually forgot <laughs> that I used to hear that a lot. Like I oh, really? oftentimes <laughs> when I tell the, yeah, because oftentimes when I tell the story, I tell that side of the story and then we kind of move into the career. But it's like, oh, yeah. But then in between, there were always these conversations, especially from my mom, like, oh, it's baby fat. It's fine. Don't worry. It'll be fine. And I'm like, all right, I'm still, still waiting for it. Still waiting for it. You know, but I never really, I never really had the whole like baby fat melt off thing. You know, I still ended up having, you know, the round fakes and the, and the cheeks and whatnot. But, but I do definitely relate to, you know, uh, I do definitely relate to all of a sudden there was a phase where I'm like, oh, yeah, I was like a, I had like a little, you know, little chubby, awkward phase. And then, and then all of a sudden I'm like, you know, emo athlete, you know, doing all the things, working out all the time, you know, so. That is awesome. Well, from from there, you, you went to university and um, got all your degrees, you know, personal trainer and and, well, actually you got your degree in what? Can you say, and can you say, how do you say that? Yeah, can kinesiology. Perfect. Kinesiology. Thank you. That was a hard word for me to say. You did that. And then you had a wonderful (laughs) practice. Uh, You had 40, 40 clients a week making money, things are going great. And then all of a sudden, boom, you had a panic attack. Walk me through the transition between at the top of your game, literally, all of a sudden, boom, you weren't. And then now it's like, what do I do? What happened? Yeah. So basically I started my career in fitness and had a lot of success at a really early age. You know, I consider myself, you know, I had that experience of being a big fish in a small pond very, very quickly, very, very early on. And so because of that, you know, I opened up a studio. I did a lot of things, you know, in my early twenties that I thought, you know, I wouldn't get to until, you know, later and later in my career. And so once I hit a lot of these plateaus, I was like, okay, I got to, I got to give myself another challenge. So at that point Mm -hmm. I moved to San Francisco from Chicago in 2007. So I moved out here in 2007 to San Francisco and I started all over again, literally didn't know anybody, had no friends, no family. I was just like, you know what, if I can make it in San Francisco, I can make it anywhere. I can always move back home to Chicago and pick up where I left off. It's no big deal. So I came out here and then I realized how expensive it is here. (laughs) (laughs) I realized, I realized, yeah, I realized how next level expensive it is here. Like this is like next level expensive. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Like this is a different ball game. And the way that I would describe it to my friends back home was the cost of living went up 2x 
But what you make, what I make, I feel like only went up by 1.5. And so at that point, all of my survival instincts kicked in and I went into overdrive and I was like, okay, I got to get up to speed. I got to get up to speed. So this was when I was, you know, probably working two times the average trainer, right? I was literally, Mm. uh, not only was I training about 40 clients a week, but I was also then running around from club to club to club, teaching group fitness. I mean, I was doing everything that I could to to kind of feel like I was back in a place of stability. Cause I mean, I, I just left a whole thriving business, right. To come here. Mm. So rather than giving myself some grace and patience, to be like, hey, things are different here. You are starting all over. The cost of living is two x. You're making one point five. Like it's okay. You know, you're 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 gonna get there. Instead, I was like, oh no, I have to catch up as soon as possible. So that was where oh, wow. I redlined. Yeah. So that's that's what I would describe redlining. So at that point, I started redlining. Right, like burning the candle at both ends. You know, early in the getting up at four thirty, seeing clients until ten o'clock at night. It was absurd. Uh, it was crazy. I don't wow. even know what I was thinking at that time. Like my survival instincts just kicked in like, you know, 10x on a whole nother level that I'd never known. It was just, mm-hmm. it was so unconscious if you think about it, actually. Mm-hmm. And so that was when things started to accumulate and I started to feel all of the manifestations of basically crushing myself and not and not in a good way. And yeah. so I started replaying conversations in my head. I started noticing that I was always feeling anxious and paranoid for no reason. It started affecting my sleep and so forth. And then eventually the panic attack happened. And I didn't even know what it was at that time because I've never experienced anything like that before. Yeah, I, I always considered my yeah, I always considered myself some someone really confident and very ambitious. And, you know, I'm always optimistic. I wouldn't say I'm always positive. I was I was always optimistic and and all of that. So that was very weird for me. So all of a sudden I'm feeling uncontrollably out of control, uncontrollably out of control. That was redundant. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> so all of a sudden I start feeling completely out of control of my emotions. I'm crying for no reason. Heart's mm. beating out of my chest. So I called my little brother and I was like, I don't know what's going on. And he was like, oh, you're having a panic attack. He said it very nonchalantly. And at that point, that's when he was like, uh, he's like, you kind of seem like you're killing yourself out there. Like, is it really worth it? Like, why don't you move back home if you're, you sound miserable. And that was between me actually having a panic attack. And then my brother asking me like, why am I even putting up with this and doing it this way? That was what really made me pause and realize like, okay, I need to actually take a step back and really think about what it is that I'm doing with my life. How did I get myself in this situation in the first place? Why did I feel the need to do it that way? And so forth. I just started asking, I just started asking myself a lot of questions. Yeah. You know, when you think back upon reflection, First off, thanks for sharing all that. When you think back on, on, on post in the, in the retrospective aspect of it, two, it was two times as expensive there. You're only making one and a half times more than before. Did you need that money? Were you okay at that moment? Or did you feel like, oh my God, I have to have it. I have to have the same lifestyle I had before. But sometimes we, just because we can do something doesn't mean we necessarily should do something. And so when we say, mm-hmm. oh, I can work those extra hours. I can do those extra things. Sure, you can. But is it a healthy thing? And so sometimes we can have so much money, but at what cost? And so, you know, you kind of went through that as well. So when you have that retrospective of, did I really need as much money as I thought I did? I mean, you may have, but I don't know. But it's always good to think about that. Just because I can doesn't mean I should. 
Yeah, that's a great question, actually. Thank you so much for asking that. I think when I look back in hindsight, I would have been all right. I think I would have been all right, right, Mm -hmm. as far as the basics and whatnot. But I think what actually Mm -hmm. sent me into a panic was a lot of the unexpected costs Mm -hmm. that were coming up for me. And so every time that happened, it made me panic. And it made me feel like, oh my God, is this going to be my new lifestyle? Is this going to be my new cost of living Mm -hmm. where I'm always going to have these unexpected bills? Because uh, what I'm talking about literally is I probably racked up like $1,000 in parking tickets. And this was now 15 years ago, right? So 15 years ago, yeah, I racked up like a thousand or, or, or a couple thousand dollars in parking tickets alone within the first month I moved out here. Wow. Because, because yeah. it was, it's just mad. The parking situation is kind of madness. And, and I was always yeah, scrambling and going from one club to another. <laughs> yeah. So, so at that point I was like, oh my gosh, like, is this my new lifestyle? Like, am I always going to have unexpected things come up? And then my car got towed at one time and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. This is chaos. This is madness. And so I think at that point I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to always be in this state of unexpected things. And so I actually forgot about that until you asked me that. So thank you so much for asking me that. So it was, it was a combination of, yes, there's the the actual, but then I think there was also, I was in that energy. So I think I was also attracting that as mm. well. Right. Yeah, I was yeah, like, of course. So, so then it just starts compounding, right? It's like, I'm always stressed out. So then of course I'm always scrambling. And then next thing you know, I'm not reading signs and I'm like not Mm -hmm. thinking of things properly and whatnot. And so it just kind of, it just all started getting really, really clumped up and cluttery. And so again, to answer that question, did I really need to? I did because of the energetic space I put myself into Mm -hmm. that, that perpetuated more and more of these unexpected expenses. However, if I actually was in a better headspace, if I was in a better place of self-love and self-trust, I probably mm. would not have had to go into overdrive in that way. And yeah. that is exactly yeah. why I started doing the work. And that is exactly why I started doing more of this inter, you know, personal work once uh, I had that first panic attack. So it kind of brings it back full circle. <laughs> yeah, full circle. For those of you who just joined us, uh, my, my viewers and listeners, I'm talking with Lillian. So we're talking about her book here, So Empowered, Discover the Five Layers of the Body to Take Control of Your Life. This is a fantastic book. And so what we're going to do is we're transitioning into that now. How did you come up with the five layers of the body? Because I, I never heard of that before. And I was like, I want to hear more about this. How did you discover that? Yeah. So once I had my panic attack and I started taking care of myself, you know, I, I did, a, I did a couple of things. And first of all, I went and got an acupuncturist, then I got a therapist. And then shortly after that, I wanted to enroll myself into a yoga teacher training program. Mm-hmm. But because I already have a lot of knowledge and experience at this point in fitness and all stuff, I didn't want to just go to another yoga teacher training to learn a bunch of poses. I wanted to learn the science behind it. I wanted to learn the philosophy behind it. I wanted to learn all the deep stuff behind it. And so that was, uh, that was at that time, I enrolled myself into yoga school. I found one that teaches it from the aspect of the whole eight limbs of yoga, right? The true (laughs) philosophy, you know, all the good stuff. And that is where I got introduced to the five koshas. So in yoga, (laughs) so Kosha is Sanskrit for sheets. So in yoga, they teach us that in order for us to reach enlightenment, in us for, in order for us to reach wholeness, enlightenment, connectedness to the universe, whatever you want to call it, right? There's many ways to describe mm-hmm. that, right? Connection. 
In order for us to reach that, we actually have to balance, integrate, connect with all five of our koshas, sheets, layers. And when I started to understand that, that's when everything clicked for me. I'm like, of Mm -hmm. course, this is why I was falling apart. I wasn't taking care of all of myself. I didn't consider the fact that I'm also an energetic body, a mental, emotional body, a spiritual body, a bliss body. I was just killing myself at the physical level, completely undermining my basic needs for sleep, rest, fun, right? I was completely (laughs) ignoring all of those things. And so of course, at that point, I felt completely out of touch with myself, completely disconnected. And the rest of my life was mirroring that because that Mm -hmm. is basically what, what yoga helped me to understand. It's like everything clicked. It's like, oh, of course, when, when you are finally, because yoga means to yoke, which means to unite when everything clicks, right? You hear that term like, oh, everything's falling into place. Everything is clicking. Well, when I was at my panic attack phase, things were not clicking. Everything just kept, kept feeling like it was madness, parking tickets and running late all the time and, you know, just feeling like a hot mess. And so, of course, that made sense to me that it was because I needed to take care of all of myself. So yeah. I learned those concepts. I learned the 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 science, the philosophy behind that in yoga. And then because I was already in the space of fitness, helping people transform themselves, I was able to understand how to take care of the five layers of the body at the very most practical action-oriented level. And that's what I've been doing with my clients over the last decade plus is integrating fitness with yoga and all this philosophy so that we can actually take care of ourselves at all five layers in a very actionable, practical, everyday living kind of way. So how do you live and breathe yoga, not just Mm -hmm. on the mat, but when you're at work and in your day-to-day and while Mm -hmm. you're with your friends, like how do you practice yoga? And so that was what was really mind-blowing for me, that yoga is not just about being in headstand or doing these cool arm balances, which of course look great on Instagram. Of course, yeah. (laughs) Right? But this is actually so much more than that. Yoga is really about how you live your life and how you take actions in every corner of your life, yeah. not just on the mat. I love how, I love how pervasive it is with, you know, with your philosophy, not your philosophy, but your, yeah, we are your philosophy, what you teach, what you, um, what you help others recognize. Because I remember I, I've done yoga for years and I've gone to some classes and here I, I just, you know, I do this for a living. So I listen and I hear people and they're talking and they're like, they're complaining about this or that. And then all of a sudden they're they're, they do yoga and they're like this be- beautiful poses. And then as soon as it's done, they go back to complaining what they were just complaining about. And I was like, what just happened? I'm like, I don't understand. Like, I, I, and, <laughs> I mean, maybe I should pay more attention to myself because I'm <laughs> listening to them. But I was like, did you not just have a beautiful experience? And now you're back in the same spot. I'm like, what is, so anyway, no judgment whatsoever. Cause I'm sure I've done that too, but it is. That's why I was, I was chuckling when you were talking because I was like, I love that you, this is an intrinsic thing that it permeates exactly. one's life. And so when you have that connection to the yoga, the yoking part, then when you leave, it's this, once again, this full embodiment of the mentality because in psychology, we teach whatever you think about determines what you feel, what you feel determines how your body responds. And so your connectiveness and all the five layers allows people to really say what I, who I am, what I am, I create my space and I'm going to constantly live in that space. And so as I go throughout life, this is who I am and this is how I want my life to be. 
Exactly. You absolutely nailed it. And retweet on the whole yoga thing. Exactly. It's like, oh, okay, we don't get it. Like, right. Like this is what's happened. Like so much of the understanding and the philosophy has been lost, right. Through all of these commoditizations of yoga and all that. Anyways. So yes. So this is what actual yoga is, right. It's beyond the mat. And I think, you know, you may hear certain things. There's lots of yoga brands and stuff, you know, it's like, oh, beyond the mat, beyond the mat. And you're like, what does that even mean? And it's like, it's this. Yeah. So when you read my book, you actually learn how to take that yoga behind beyond the mat. You learn how to take it in the workplace with your own practices, you know, in your relationships mm-hmm. and so forth. I really like that. You know, thank you so much for sharing that, Lillian, because, you know, my philosophy is with all the yoga that I've done, it's always been when I'm holding a pose, whatever, whatever, emotion I have, I'm like, okay, well, then what have I been thinking about? So for me, it's a good mirror and it's a reflexive aspect. So if I'm annoyed at the teacher, because I'm like, you talk way too much, then all of a sudden I'm thinking, okay, well, that has nothing to do with them. What is this feeling about? And then where, you know, earlier in the day, have I been feeling so much anger in the week? And then I reflect back on that and I pull that aside for, you know, think about it for later, but then I push through that pain uh, because then, because, you know, what you think determines what you feel, determines how your body responds. So yoga in my way goes backwards so what you feel or what your body does is related to your emotion, your emotions related to your thoughts. So that's how I've always done it. But I love that yours is so much more pervasive in everything you do. So you can constantly have this awareness and do a version of yoga, however that plays out in your book and how you teach it all the time. Because when you can do that, then once again, you're in this constant state of flow of, I know what I feel, what I think, what I feel and how I show up. And that I think is yeah, one of the absolutely. most important introspective aspects because that can really help people exponentially grow and develop. And everything that you said about how you see yoga, about how, you know, you go from the body to the, that's it. That's it. You nailed it. Like that is the, that that's what it all chunks down to. Yeah, that is, that's what it chunks down to. And so, you know, first things first, like, yes, you are a physical being. And I talk about this in Mm -hmm. the book, right? That's the lowest hanging fruit. You know, you start with sensation, you learn how, you know, you Mm -hmm. learn how you feel in your body. And then eventually that takes you into feeling your emotions, your energy, all that stuff. And then from there, yeah, we pivot. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. Wonderful. Well, Lillian, so it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners want to find more information about you and to purchase this book, one more time for those of my viewers, you can see this book. This is what it looks like when you purchase it. For my listeners, the name of the book is So Empowered, Discover the Five Layers of the Body to Take Control of Your Life. Where are they find all this information online? So you can... Uh, I'm like, there I go. So you can go to my website, thesomethod.com, T-H-E-S-O method.com. So thesomethod.com. You can find all of the links there. Uh, It'll take you directly to Amazon. You can also search for the book on Amazon as well. So Empowered, you can also put me in the Google, Lillian So. You'll find all the links. There are plenty of sites abound. So uh, wherever you want to find me, you can always reach out to me anytime. I'm, I'm in the weeds of all of my stuff. So... I hope I hear awesome. from you. Awesome. My listeners also know that if I can't, if I, my listeners also know that if I can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com. And I highly endorse Lillian So, and I will connect you with her as well. Lillian, thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on my show today. Thank you. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. 
If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.